You're listening to the Birth Matters Podcast, episode 77. I remember yelling, I don't know what to do, (laughs) which was like the first time I think I had used words in a while. Yeah. And one of our midwives appeared. I like told her, I was like, you're like a fairy. She would just like float in and be helpful. And then if we were good, then she would float away. (laughs) It was so magical. And so she kind of helped us to find a a position out in the living room. I actually went back on my side with my leg, my top leg up really high. And I felt a really strong urge to push. And so I did. And it felt like a giant water balloon exploded out of my body. Welcome to the Birth Matters Show. I'm your host, Lisa Graves-Taylor, founder of Birth Matters NYC, childbirth education and labor support. This show is here to lessen your overwhelm on the journey into parenthood by equipping and encouraging you with current best evidence info and soulful interviews with parents and birth pros. Please keep in mind the information on this show is not intended as medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Did you know you can sign up to receive email updates whenever a new episode goes live? Visit birthmattersshow.com to join our podcast community. Today we're sharing not a New York City birth story, but a Boston suburbs birth story. Jamie and her husband took my online self-paced course and through the process decided that for her, the hospital setting wasn't the right choice for her birth. So she transferred her care to a home birth midwifery team. She shares about what helped her prepare for her physically demanding labor at home and how her husband and team of midwives supported her throughout labor. She also shares about her experience breastfeeding and working with some lactation consultant friends. Now let's jump in. Hey, Jamie and Kurt. So glad you're here today. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie and Kurt and I have a friend in common who pointed Jamie and Kurt to my online course and they live up in the Massachusetts area. But why don't I let you tell us where you live and what you do for a living, maybe how long ago you gave birth. Yeah. So I'm Jamie and this is Kurt. Hi guys, I'm Kurt. And we live in the Boston area and I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. And I'm an architect. Yeah. And we had a, a friend of ours that goes to our church and it was Lisa. And so when we first got pregnant, she had referred us to your website and your resources. And that's kind of how we got in touch with you. And we have Brooke here too, our baby girl. And she'll be eight weeks old yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Eight weeks. So she was born on the 17th of January this year. Mm, still in that fourth trimester. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very intense time. And so thank you for taking the time and finding somehow finding the energy <laughs> to meet today and share your story while it's fresh. Well, I think that's why we wanted to do it sooner because I think we've been talking about our birth story a lot and just processing everything that's happened in our family the past year. And it felt right to do this sooner rather than later. It forced me to write out everything, and which I had been wanting to do, but just kept pushing off. So this was great. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, you never know. Some people just feel so overwhelmed in these early weeks that they're like, no, 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 not yet. But then I always do encourage, you may want to just jot down some notes because some things stay with you forever, but then other aspects really start to, you lose them pretty quickly. It's nice to be able to look back or listen back and hear all the details right. when some of those details get fuzzy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the friend we have in common was one of my college roommates down at Baylor way back when, a long time ago, many (laughs) children ago. She has a lot of children, (laughs) big, happy family. (laughs) So why don't you just share how your pregnancy went, if there was anything to note and how you prepared for this journey into parenthood? Yeah. I think for me, well, when I was younger, I would always say that I didn't want to have children, which is ridiculous because I love kids. I work with kids. Kids are really my passion. But I think what I was not thrilled about was being pregnant and giving birth. I have a very low pain tolerance and I hate hospitals, like anything, blood, needles, medical. I just have a, a really hard time with. And all I really knew about birth was the medical picture of it, like what you see in movies. And and I'm also a, a pediatric occupational therapist. And so when I do evaluations with kiddos and I'm taking a history for that child, I always want to know about the pregnancy and the labor and birth because it's part of that child's story. And so I've heard a lot of traumatic birth stories in my professional life. And so it has kind of painted this picture of how scary pregnancy can be and how scary labor can be. And so I think when Kurt and I were first kind of praying about starting a family, I felt like God really wanted to release this fear from me of being pregnant and and really wanted to renew my mind when it came to birth. And that definitely happened in, in this process for sure. We found out we were pregnant the day before Mother's Day of 2020, which was an interesting time because it was like yeah. right in the beginning of the global the height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And do you mind my asking, were you actively trying? We were like, we're just sort open. of open. We were like open, open. to whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we, we were casually trying. We weren't tracking uh, anything or I think Got we it. were open to, to God's timing. Yeah. It was an interesting time to find out, <laughs> but I remember when we first found out and I told Kurt that the test was positive and we were just hugging and crying happy tears. And I just looked at him and I was like, now what do we do? <laughs> like, what, what do we do now? And of course my response was, I think we just wait. We're going to play a waiting game for a little while. And I was here. like, no, no, no. We need to prepare. <laughs> I'm very much the over-prepared, need to research a lot. I want to be ready for this. And so I do that with everything in my life. And so this was this was no different. So we did a lot to prepare during pregnancy. I think one of my favorite things that we did pretty early on initially is we started a journal and I would just like write different prayers that we had for the baby and things that we felt like God was speaking. And we also documented fun moments, like when I felt her kick for the first time or when Kurt got to actually feel her kick for the first time. So that was really fun because I feel like it started this bond between us and our baby really early on. I love that you did that. Yeah. I wasn't great about keeping up with it at the end, towards the end of pregnancy, but it was like, sure. initially, it was a really special thing that, that I'm so glad we have. And can look back on. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll be special for Brooke to look through as well yeah, uh, yeah. As, she, as she grows. Yeah. And it's interesting too, the journal that I chose, because it on the front, it says, beautiful girl, you can do hard things. And we didn't actually find out her gender until she was born, but I just felt like I was no way. that journal. And I was like, maybe it's just, that's supposed to be for me, but you know, that quote. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's sometimes um, a birth affirmation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's kind of special that she's a girl now too, so that she'll have that. Mm -hmm. And then we did a lot of research and education. And 
I, I remember pretty early on, I was talking to one of my OT mentors, but she's just got spiritual mentor too. And she gave me some really good advice. She she was saying how, I know you love to prepare. I know you love knowledge and, and that's wonderful, but make sure that you're doing so out of joy and out of curiosity, as opposed to out of anxiety and control, which can sometimes be my tendency. So that really helped to shift my mindset and my heart posture as we were learning and and preparing for birth. That's a good one. I love that idea, the concept. It's come up before in past episodes, curiosity, that whole thing. Yeah. And that need to surrender control is a big one that so many of us struggle with and don't realize is actually a thing that we're going to need to be doing in giving birth and in pregnancy before that and in parenthood too. So much parenthood. Oh, yes. Right? Humbling so you're learning. <laughs> yep. You're learning as all of us do. Yeah. That can be one of the harder aspects of this journey. Yeah. So I love that somebody brought that to your attention and your consciousness. Yeah. That totally helped to shift my mindset. Cause I think at first I, I think I was trying to gain a lot of control and gain knowledge in order to control. And so just that simple mindset shift totally changed the way that we were preparing. So, and it was, it was so fun and joyful to learn so much about this process and what our choices are and what our options are. And so we did do your online course and we did the online on-demand version of of your course, which was great because we spent many date nights watching those videos. We did like, instead of dinner and a movie, we would do dinner and birth education. (laughs) And we would try to do that every Friday night and think through some. Either you just came up with that on your own or you watched my introduction in which I say, think about birth class as some last special pre-baby dates for yourself, (laughs) time to deepen and strengthen your connection because that is so important to protect that. As you're probably finding out, it can be really challenging on a relationship here, especially in these first months and years when things are so intense and they're growing so rapidly and you're exhausted. So I love that you thought about it that way. We just reinstituted our Friday date nights and often crashes them, but (laughs) (laughs) but we tried to be intentional about that time. Great. Um, But yeah, that's how we spent a lot of our date nights. A lot of date nights. We usually do it on Fridays and just being the end of the work week. Jamie would often fall asleep. So I watched the birth <laughs> class probably three times. And I wouldn't fall asleep because it was boring. I love the information. I think I was so, I was just so tired. And so I'd be like, wait, sure. we have to watch that again. I, I liked what she just said, but I totally just made it. <laughs> that was a pro. I knew all the terminology, <laughs> all the different ligaments and stuff. Yeah, I could, everyone, when we were telling them we were pregnant, it was uh, hilarious. Yeah, it was great. Carrie knew so much. She watched the videos all the time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But but I think what I loved about your course was how comprehensive it was and how it pulled together so many different approaches. Like it wasn't just one, the Bradley method is one way of doing things or hypnobirthing is one way of doing things. I think what I loved about your course, it just offered a wide array of strategies and knowledge. And I loved that it had partner tips for Kurt. There were specific videos on partner tips of different stages of labor. And yeah, we got so much out of, we watched your whole thing within the beginning of the third trimester. And then when we got closer to our due date, we actually rewatched a lot of the videos that had to do with labor positions and coping strategies and watched those and practiced the different techniques like with the rebozo and things like that as we got closer. You are my ideal student. I love it. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> that's yeah. my hope with the online course. You have lifetime access. And my hope is that if people have future babies and they might find it useful to go back and review whichever, just pick and choose that yeah. they can. And like you said, you took it a little earlier on in pregnancy and to have it fresh to go back and especially for the labor coping stuff. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. And the postpartum one too. Like I remember like day two or something, I was like, pull up Lisa's video on how to burp. Like, I don't think we're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> like we would like watch different videos like that um, post too. So nice. <laughs> yeah. And then I did a lot to prepare my body as well. I love to exercise. And so I just continued to go to my, I do burn boot camp. And so I continued to do my boot camp classes six days a week throughout my pregnancy. And it was great because my trainer actually had a baby the year before. And so she was able to modify the exercises and really walk with me through the process and make sure that I was still getting a great workout, but that I was doing so safely. I ended up, I worked out six days a week until the day before I went into labor, which I'm so glad that I did because I really think that it prepared my body for the strength and the endurance that was needed to absolutely through labor. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I'm so glad your trainer had that experience before you did so, so that there was some customized to pregnancy yeah. kind of advice. That's great. Exactly. Yep. We also did the spinning babies parent class. And that one is really focused on baby's position. And I did their daily essential exercises, daily essential. uh, And at around 32 weeks, I started going to the chiropractor two times a week, which prior to pregnancy, I'd actually never been to a chiropractor, but I was having some back pain. And and then in my research was realizing like that could also help with just alignment and balancing and can help babies to get into a good position. And so, so I did that starting at 32 weeks, two times a week, which was great. It really helped with my back pain and I think helped with the labor. Yeah. It would be nice right, to be like massaging her back like as hard as I could, and I still couldn't get the spot just right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chiropractor is huge for you. Nice. And as you looked for a chiropractor, did you seek someone with like Webster technique expertise or prenatal expertise? Yes. Our midwife referred this particular practice, and, right. and yeah, they were trained in the Webster technique and um, wonderful experience with that. So felt comfortable mm. doing that. I also read the hypnobirthing book, which I didn't end up using hypnobirthing specific visualizations. Or they just weren't really resonating with me, but I, I did find there's an app called Christian Hypnobirthing and I liked it. They have a lot of faith-based guided meditations and encouraging scriptures and different breathing tracks. So I listened to a lot of those tracks more like during my last few weeks of pregnancy, not so much in labor, but I feel like that was really sweet. I would listen to it before I would go to sleep some nights and I liked that, but I did like the chapters in the hypnobirthing book that talked about the fear response and mm-hmm. how, when we, when we enter a state of fear, what happens in our bodies specifically during labor and how labor is physiologically designed to stall and how that can make contractions that much more painful. And there were chapters that went into how the birth process truly is a natural, beautiful design and how a woman's body knows what to do, but we have to feel safe in order to do that without necessarily putting timelines on it or interfering with that process if, if it's not needed. 
And it just talked about how how to calm the mind in order to let your body do its job. So that book was really helpful because it just encouraged it encouraged me to know like I'm made for this. I'm perfectly designed to give birth to our baby and and I have to feel safe. I have to feel safe doing that. I think that really resonated when I was reading that book. In terms of where to give birth, I think initially we were hoping to give birth at a birth center, the Cambridge Birth Center, but it was closed because of COVID. So we decided to give birth at a local hospital with the midwife team and hire a doula for the birth. And at that time, we were at a hospital that was allowing partners to come for appointments. And so we were really grateful for that because Kurt was able to come to all the appointments. He was able to come to the ultrasound, the 20-week ultrasound. There were hospitals in the area that that were not allowing partners to come at all. That's been the case mostly here in New York City. So I'm so happy to hear you got to go, Kurt. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. They ended up changing that towards the later part of our third trimester. They changed that where you couldn't have your partner and you couldn't have a doula in birth anymore. They changed. I guess maybe Boston, the timing has been different in different cities in terms of when we've had upticks. Exactly. I think it was because there was a spike in cases. Mm. So the hospital we were at changed that policy, which I'll get into, but I'm really glad we we ended up switching providers. But I think as we continued through pregnancy and I continued to do lots of research, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to have an unmedicated natural birth with as little intervention as possible. That was really a strong desire of my heart. And I think the hypnobirthing helped And I also read a book called uh, Supernatural Childbirth, which talks about God's promises for conception and pregnancy and delivery. And I was just feeling more and more empowered that my body was perfectly designed to do this. And if I could feel safe and calm and tap into ways to sustain peace in my mind, my body would know what to do. And I just kept getting more and more confident that we could do this, that we could do this naturally. And I also knew that if we were going to try to give birth naturally in a hospital, that we were really going to have to advocate. And so this is when I think I, I started listening to a lot of podcasts. I actually listen to to your podcast and I found myself being drawn to birth stories of women who did home births. And I also listened to a podcast called Healthy Births, Happy Babies, Happy Babies, Healthy Births, something Mm -hmm. like that. It's hosted by a chiropractor out in California and they have a bunch of episodes on home births. And another podcast I listened to is Babies in Common, which is done by some folks here in Massachusetts. And they did like a two hour episode on home births, like the ins and outs of what home births are and the research and the statistics and and all of that. I'll link to all of these things in the uh, show notes. I remember pretty early on, like kind of jokingly saying to Kurt, like, what if we did a home birth? And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) She's our first child. So it was like, well, I would prefer to be somewhere by medical equipment and all that. Like this is something we've never done before. But I think it's fair. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's the most common response among partners in the U.S. where it's sort of just a foregone conclusion that you would, of course, you'd go to a doctor and go to a hospital. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think like a couple months later, I kind of challenged you and I was like, are you just saying no, because you actually don't want to, or because you don't know anything about home births? And you said that like, it was the latter. Yeah. The latter and just making sure that we would be safe really. Yeah. That was like the biggest thing for me. And like, how do we determine that? Is this a normal pregnancy or 
we have modern medicine that helps a lot of people out. So is it something we need or don't need? And kind of go from there. So he actually did a good amount of research too. Like he listened to some of the podcasts and did his own research on home births. And I knew that if we were going to do a home birth, that Kurt had to be 100% on board. Yeah. For me, it was just like, okay, how do we determine if we're low risk, right? It's like, okay, Jamie's made to do this. So how do we make sure that for me, it was like, okay, if something does go wrong, what happens? And then, okay, let's make sure that we're in that low risk category. So theoretically, nothing should go wrong. So we ended up taking the first step in interviewing a couple different teams. And this was around like 29 weeks. So I really didn't know if it was too late to switch. I knew that a lot of home birth midwives will only take a certain number of clients within the same month or who are due in the same month. So I didn't know if it was too late or if a lot of teams were already filled up. And it turned out the the team that we, we had asked around, actually our mutual friend had used this team for I think three of her births. So it turned out that that team of midwives had one more opening for a January due date. So already I was like, see, it's meant to be. <laughs> uh, so we did the interview and we had a lot of questions. I think they answered all of my questions, like exactly what I needed to hear. And then Kurt had very practical questions like, what do you do if something was to go wrong? And I think it was really reassuring to hear they are able to do resuscitation and could do IVs and can do stitches and they get to know you so well and are there. You're their only client <laughs> during that birth. So they are able to monitor labor and, and look out for signs that you might need to transfer before anything becomes an emergency. And just in the interview process, I felt so listened to, so valued, so empowered, which I think Kurt could really tell the difference in me at even just during the interview than I had been at any of my prenatals at the hospital. Not because there was anything wrong with the hospital that we were at. It's just, I don't know where that comes from for me, but I just, I get so anxious in, in that setting. And so that was, it was very clear after that interview, this was the team that we wanted to give birth with. Yeah. I remember we were at an appointment at the hospital and I think Jamie had to give blood that appointment and she was just like basically shut down. Yeah. And so for me, it was like at that appointment, me and the midwife there were essentially talking about her pregnancy and how she's doing. And because I just like completely shut down. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when I kind of realized, okay, this isn't a great space for Jamie to like feel calm. And just, we were taking your course at the time and it was like, okay, stay home and you're nice and safe in your home. And when you do go to the hospital, try to bring a bunch of stuff to make it feel homey in the rooms. And so I was like, okay, this probably is not the best idea for us to be at the hospital here. And I think that's when we kind of, or at least when I was like, okay, I think the home birth option is going to be the best bet for Jamie to feel safe and for us to have a really great birth experience mm -hmm. versus like just getting through it. Mm -hmm. I love that you noticed those things, Kurt, that you noticed the difference in how she was feeling in different kinds of care. That's awesome. That it really helped you shift as well as just being so reassured. I felt the same way when I was interviewing home birth midwives. I wasn't a hundred percent convinced. I was still a little bit nervous about the whole safety component, which is most people people's biggest concern with that giving birth at home. And yeah, I was so, so reassured by all the safety measures that they have in place and just being reassured that the vast majority of the time, if a transfer is necessary, it's not an emergency. They are going to know way before it, it is an emergency, like you were saying. Yeah. And the equipment that they have, and it was just all really 
not what I was expecting, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. so glad you were able to find someone that late. Did you feel like there were, how late you were in pregnancy aside, did you feel like there were quite a few home birth midwife options in your area? Uh, yeah, we did. We ended up interviewing one other midwife, but it seemed like there were still, there, there were a good amount of options. But again, we, we just immediately loved this team. And it was just one of those, like, I know I'm supposed to give birth with you guys. Yes. Oh, that's what you want to feel. Yeah. Whether it's your care provider or your doula, any of your birth team, that's the yeah, you want that. That's yes. great. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And it was, uh, we just jumped right into prenatal visits because again, it was kind of late in my pregnancy. And so it was so wonderful though, because they spent so much time with us. Like every visit was at least an hour, often an hour and a half. And they just spent so much time getting to know us, getting to know our hopes and really answering all my billions of questions. And it just, yeah, I left every visit feeling more and more empowered after every visit. And did you go to them for every visit or was it a combination? We did. They have different options that, that you can choose from like different packages. We ended mm -hmm. up going to, to them, to their office. And then all the uh, postpartum visits were at home. It did, it ended up being such a relief too. Cause I think I had mentioned this, the hospital that we were going to give birth at stopped allowing partners. We were originally going to have a doula when we were going to give birth at a hospital and they stopped mm -hmm. allowing doulas to, mm -hmm. to be at births. And so it was just, it was definitely the right choice for our family. We also had a lot of fun telling people that we were pregnant during the pregnancy. I mean, Brooke here is the first grandbaby uh, for either side of our parents. So it was just super sweet and super fun to just like surprise all of them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we had so much fun thinking of creative ways to tell people on Zoom. We did a Jeopardy kind of game for my grandma <laughs> and my aunt and did like different gifts or games or things like that to tell people. So we did. We had a lot of fun, a lot of fun during, during this um, pregnancy. Took side by side photos every week in all different poses. Oh, I think yeah. my favorite is Thanksgiving. I'm holding a turkey and then Jamie pops up with her belly. <laughs> One might be my favorite. Yeah, we did like progress pictures of me and then of Kurt too, <laughs> and put them together and then made a montage video of. It time. wasn't all research. We had some fun during the yeah. too. I love it. I love that you found ways to make it joyful and despite the limitations of the pandemic. That's so great. Yeah, it did. I mean, it felt like that whole year was so fun for us cuz i mean we were growing our family and it definitely made the it made the pandemic easier <laughs> cuz it felt like there was so much to look forward to and so much joy in those moments too so yeah so that was our pregnancy nice. well so is this a good time to jump into your birth story yeah Hey, go um, right ahead, wherever you want to start. So I was due on a Thursday on, on January 14th. And I remember on Monday of that week, I had like a passing thought to go through my head that I was going to go into labor that weekend and that she was going to be born on Sunday. And it just kind of popped into my head. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But I was preparing for that to be true. And sure enough, on my due date went by and on Saturday, which was the 16th at like 4am, I was awoken from a dead sleep because it felt like the baby head butted my pelvic floor. Like that, that's what it, that's what it Ow. felt. I, I, yeah. And I, I like woke up, I was like, something's different. Something is different. Something is happening. I don't really know. It wasn't, it was just kind of a sudden sensation and then it was gone. But then when I, I woke up for the day, I remember feeling some 
cramping and I was wondering, okay, I think this might be the start. I actually debated if I should go to my gym class or not. I didn't because I was like, yeah, I, th- I think this is the start of something. And then as the morning progressed, it kind of felt like the Braxton Hicks contractions where like my stomach would tighten and then it was starting to pair with the cramping. But before that, it just felt irregular. And so that's when we reached out to our midwives and just let them know of the shift. And and they said that felt like some good pre-labor warming up. And so we went for a couple walks that day. I remember walking on the curb, like one foot on the curb. Um, I was like, our neighbors probably think we're crazy. So we did that. I was trying to balance like movement and rest Kurt, I think, ran out and grabbed some of the like last minute things that we needed. And I remember throughout the day, the cramping just progressively got more intense. It was funny. We were watching the Green Bay Packers play in the NFC championship game. And Kurt's a big Green Bay fan. I was going to say, no, wait, early labor activities. She chooses. Did she choose? That? It was fine. I was actually working on a paint by number during the game, like sitting on a ball and doing a paint by number. <laughs> cool. <laughs> watching the game. Not a very common football pastime. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, whatever works. Yeah. I do something. I'm a Giants fan. So I was supporting him and the Packers by default, but I wasn't as invested. But it was funny. We were joking because things definitely intensified right after the game. So we were, Kurt was saying like, she's going to be a Packers fan because she was so kind oh, yeah. to wait until after the game. <laughs> <laughs> the game ended around 6.30, 7.30. And I remember at that point, the cramping was coming in waves. Like it definitely got more organized and was coming about every 10 minutes or so. I would feel it coming. And it was interesting. My body knew what to do. At this point, it was still like I was still able to talk and laugh and breathe through it. But my body kind of knew what to do when the sensation would come. I would be like, I have to walk. So I would just walk around our very small apartment doing laps. Or I would lean on the couch and like pedal my legs really fast, almost like shaking it off. And I don't know where I was coming up with these. My body just knew this is what feels right. That's awesome. I love it. When, yeah, when your body's just like, has this instinctive knowledge and just kind of leads the way. It's very cool. Yeah. And I remember timing them too during the walk. So one would start, I would look at the clock. And so I would write down the time that it started like as I was walking and then just keep walking. (laughs) It's fun. We still have that paper that just has a bunch of times on it. Meanwhile, Kurt was deconstructing our dining room table so he could build the birth tub because we we have a very small apartment where we are. So he just deconstructed the whole dining room table and our birth area. (laughs) And then the waves just progressively got more intense. And I I started to feeling like I needed to be on my knees, leaning over the couch. That's kind of how I was coping during the waves. And I remember at that point saying to Kurt, these feel pretty intense. We should probably fill up the tub. The baby's going to come really soon. I had no concept of how long this was going to be. Never know. How intense. (laughs) Looking back, Mm. she was more like, almost a day later. So, but I was like, these are pretty intense. She's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> um, just had no, no concept of where this sure. journey was going to take us. But, mm. and we were in contact with the midwives at that point. Just, we had a group text going and we were just letting them know what the intensity was, how frequently the waves were coming. And at that point they recommended trying to get some sleep So I remember getting ready for bed and going to lay down at 10 p.m. And then a wave came and I just shot right up and had to get into child's pose. And I was like, there is no way I'm sleeping. 
there's no way. So we ended up being out in our living room for the majority of the night. I was laying on the couch and Kurt was, he kind of set up like a pillow bed on the couch next to me and contraction would come and I would get into my position of on my knees and folded over the couch, leaning on the couch. And I was having a lot of back labor. I was feeling so much intensity in my back. And I knew because of all the research that I was doing, I was like, oh no, she's posterior. That is so not ideal. You knew all that spinning baby stuff made me a little too much. (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh, she's posterior. And so I would get in that position and Kurt would just rub my back as hard as he could. Mm. You did a lot of what Lisa said, I think of the down and out. Yeah, tried to do, well, she wanted her back rubbed and I was trying not to make things worse or (laughs) upset her. Like that was my goal the whole time. (laughs) So yeah, a a whole lot of back rubs, probably like 20 something hours straight. Yeah, you were probably sore for weeks after. My arms were just killing me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But he couldn't say that because. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. Oh, you better not. <laughs> not at that point. <laughs> so, like, that's how we got through those waves. And then, then it would end, and we would both go back to our like little makeshift beds and try to sleep for seven minutes and then do that over again. And that was pretty much the whole. That was all night. That was all night. Was all yeah. Night. <laughs> and I. I remember at two in the morning or so, I stopped being able to feel the baby move. I was really in tune with what the baby was doing and I could really feel her wiggling and moving so much in between contractions. But around that 2 a.m. point, I stopped being able to feel her move, which was a pretty big difference from what I was experiencing. And I just didn't know if that was normal or if that was something to be concerned about. And so Kurt texted the midwives and and just asked, like, this is where we're at. She's still feeling a lot of back labor and stopped being able mm-hmm. to feel baby move. And they recommended doing the miles circuit yes. for the back labor to try to see if we could shift. And so I did the child's pose position a lot. And then I also did the sideline position a lot where you're sideline and your top leg is like hiked up really far and kind of rotated between those two. And then they also recommended to have something sweet, like some fruit or something like that to see if that might stimulate baby moving a little bit. And I remember Kurt feeding me pieces of clementine. (laughs) And I I remember thinking like, I know I have to do this, but this is taking so much effort to just eat these little bits of clementine. Having to chew. Yep. Apple too. Apple, banana. Yeah. And he like cut the pieces so small and would just put them in my hand and I would just plop them in my mouth and try to swallow it. But even like an hour, hour and a half later after that amount of sugar, I still wasn't feeling baby move. And so one of the midwives ended up coming over. I think it was like 4 or 5 a.m. just to check in and to check baby. And she listened to baby. She took my vitals and kind of stayed with us, watched some contractions and everything was normal. Like she was... Like maybe the baby's just resting and a little bit of Jamie's expectations too, of like what movements are during pregnancy or during labor. Like help to reassure. Yeah. Like, like you're not going to feel her all the time, but she's doing just fine in there. They listen to her heartbeat and um, everything seemed normal. Yeah. But good for you for going ahead and it didn't hurt to check in with your midwives just to be sure, because if you're ever in doubt, it's better to just get that reassurance and checking things out if needed. Yeah. So I'm glad that you got that reassurance. Yeah. And just really just having her here was like, she has, I mean, all their whole team did, but 
Serafina who came has such a calming presence to her and grounding presence. And just like her sitting with us, I was like, okay, everything's okay. (laughs) And I remember her saying at one point, she's like, oh, it's, what's the date today? The 17th. That's a great day for a birthday. And so I was like, okay, so you think the baby's going to be born today? Great. I can do this for a day. And it was like 4am. So like it really could, but I was like, as long as she comes out today, I think I can do it. Um, And she ended up leaving after like an hour and a half or so. And I, I remember thinking like, oh, if you feel comfortable enough to leave right now, that means we still have some time. Like we're still, <laughs> we're still doing this. Okay. But again, I was like holding on to the fact that no, today will be her birthday. And I had that word that she was going to be born on Sunday and it was Sunday. So I was holding on to that hope. <laughs> um So she left at like, I don't know, five or six in the morning. And I don't have a lot of memories of what happened the next four or five hours or so. Kurt had to remind me. I think we spent a lot of time in the living room. I was on my side and Kurt was just rubbing my back and trying to feed me more fruit, like little pieces and like an electrolyte drink and just trying to keep me hydrated. And we tried going into the shower at one point and Cause I remember the surges getting more intense and I'm like, I need, we need to do something different. So we went in the shower, we put a yoga mat on the, the bottom of the shower and brought a ball in. And so I was on my knees in the shower, leaning over the ball and Kurt had a couple of days before had installed one of the shower heads that you could remove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know he did that. That was, <laughs> that was thoughtful. You know. <laughs> I remember listening to the one story of you doing zigzags across someone's belly and then you like went up and then she freaked out. Like, yeah, mistake. <laughs> that was my novice doula mistake because that was my very first birth as a doula. Yeah. <laughs> so I remembered that and was like, oh, we need to get one of the handheld showers. And so I put it in and then we ended up going in the shower and I was doing what you had recommended, just doing the Z pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which seemed to help you. Oh, it was funny because I knew that's what he was doing. Like he <laughs> the Z pattern. And I didn't have access to language at the time. So I couldn't tell him, but I remember in my head, I was very, I had a lot of thoughts during labor. Some people get out of their head, but I had many thoughts (laughs) during labor. And I remember thinking, oh, good job, babe. You're doing what Lisa taught us. (laughs) Like I had that that thought. Because he had watched it five times. (laughs) Yeah, it's in there. You'll forever hear my voice. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it was great. I'm so grateful that he knew all of those things because it was so helpful. (laughs) And I think eventually it got to the point, like early morning, it got to the point where I was like, I want someone here. It's getting pretty intense. I want someone here. And so we had a team, the practice was a team of four midwives, but two attend your birth. And then they also had a student midwife. So we had three three midwives with us. And so the student midwife ended up coming first, I think around 1130 in the morning. And then another one came around like 1245. And then another one came a little bit later, like 330. And it was around that point that we tried the tub, the the birth tub. And so I remember that being a nice time. I think, again, I had no concept of when she was going to (laughs) come. So I, I was open to a water birth. And I remember being in there for a while, like two hours. Yeah, two, two and a half hours or so. And I remember that being like a nice time. I was kind of squatting at the side of the pool and Kurt was right in front of me. And so 
it was like really nice. I could actually see him face to face and give him a hug. And he was like massaging my shoulders and my back. And I remember tuning into the music we had playing. I I had made a, a playlist of all my favorite worship songs and we had it playing throughout the labor, but it wasn't really until I was in the tub that I was like tuning in to some of the songs. And we also had in the dining room where the birth pool now was, we had taped up a lot of the birth affirmations that you had given us during your course. And I also had made some um, of my favorite Bible verses and just taped those all around the birth pool. And so I tuned into those as well during my time in the tub. Uh, helpful partner tip, yoga ball, get the big one for next to the tub. Because I was sitting next to her on my knees or squatting or something, and my legs were killing me, but also you didn't want I'm not in labor, so <laughs> I really don't have a leg to stand on and complain about pain. <laughs> so yoga ball was game changing. Yeah. Thank you. That's such a great tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally saved, saved my legs and knees. Yeah. And like, like you're saying, you don't, want to verbalize that like, ah, this doesn't feel good because <laughs> oh, wah, <laughs> right? But like, you do need to be protective of your body too, because you're about to be a new parent as well. And we need you to be functional and not <laughs> injured. Right. Right. And he was awake the whole time too. Like he wasn't, he didn't sleep at all during this time and he was working <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that. I knew that it helped that I was a OT. So I had yoga balls of every size. That's fantastic. <laughs> we had a big one. We had smaller ones. We, yeah. So he was able to forget the small apartment. We're going to have all the balls. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so much, so much stuff. Um, Can I ask a question backing up to when you guys were, you were on the couch and Kurt was, I think you said on a pillow bed on the ground, maybe yeah. I think it's what you were saying. Or six year old and built a pillow fort. It's great. It's great. You you do what works, right? Were either of you able to sleep in those brief few minutes in between at all? No. (laughs) No. You didn't. I don't think I did. But again, I feel like my memory is kind of fuzzy of that time. I know I shut my eyes and just tried to rest, but I don't think I actually slept. No, it would be because her contractions were every six to eight minutes. So we'd like close our eyes. And then Jamie would say, one's coming. And then I'd pop up and like start rubbing her back. And then she'd be like, okay, she would breathe through it. And then she'd be like, okay, it's gone. And then we'd both kind of just collapse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at least you were conserving energy, even if you weren't able to fully sleep. That's so important because you had a pretty long labor. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Uh, sorry. You can go back to where you were in the, in the pool and Kurt was on a ball outside the pool. Yeah. So that was nice. But then. Yeah, around that like two hour, two and a half hour mark, I started to feel sort of an urge to push and I didn't feel grounded in the pool. So it it didn't feel like I could really push. It didn't feel like this really strong urge yet, but it, it just felt like I needed a, a shift. And so, so I ended up getting out and going to the toilet and sitting on the toilet for a while with like one foot up. And I remember at that point, sitting on the toilet, having the thought of, I don't know how much longer I can do this. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Are we getting anywhere? (laughs) Like it just kind of felt like I had been doing this for so long and I didn't know what was next. Like something needed to happen, I think, in, Mm -hmm. in my mind. And I remember sitting there, Kurt was with me, I think just probably rubbing my back because that's what he did the whole time. And I remember yelling, I don't know what to do, <laughs> which was the first time I think I had used words in a while. Yeah. And one of our midwives 
appeared. She, I like told her, I was like, you're like a fairy. She would just like float in and be helpful. And then if we were good, then she would float away. (laughs) It was so magical. And so she kind of helped us to find a a position out in the living room. I actually went back on my side with my leg, my top leg up really high. And I felt a really strong urge to push. And so I did. And it felt like a giant water balloon exploded out of my body, which it was crazy. Like it was audible. Yeah, you heard it. Like it was a <laughs> loud pop. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I, I remember like my eyes popped open and one of my midwives was like right in front of me and was like, hi. <laughs> and I was like, what was that? Like it was crazy. And they used such gentle language. Like that was your fluids releasing. I was like, that was fluids exploding. That was crazy. <laughs> She's like, that was actually pretty crazy. It often <laughs> happened quite like that. Did the midwife get splashed or did they come in right after? She was at my head. She was like right in front of me. I don't actually know because my yeah, eyes were sure, that makes sense. I, I mean, it felt like the entire apartment flooded. <laughs> it was crazy. So I like went back into the bathroom. They like cleaned up that situation. <laughs> and then I feel like that's when things definitely intensified. Things started moving. And I kind of entered more of the active pushing phase. And the midwives were much more hands-on at, at this point. I think earlier on, it was so beautiful the way that they worked. Like earlier on, if, if Kurt and I were good and we were in a good groove, I didn't even know where they were. They kind of just let us do our thing. And periodically they would come and just check baby's heart, check my vitals. And then they would disappear again. Again, I had no idea where they were. It reminds me of is when you, if you go to a really like fine dining establishment and the servers just magically appear kind of like a fairy, you know, but, but a good server is going to be where you don't even know. You just magically have the things you need. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind, but the way you were describing this midwifery care, it reminded me of that and the beauty of that. It's amazing. Yeah. The process just unfolded so naturally without any interference. And Kurt and I were just, if we were good, we were good. If I would say, I don't know what to do, then they would come and offer some suggestions or a different position. And then if we were good again, they would float away. (laughs) But I love your term float. They were like, they're just, their energies are just so calming and gentle. I get that. They didn't just walk away. They floated away. (laughs) You can tell I love them so much. (laughs) That's so great. But this was when they were definitely much more hands-on, which was great because I I needed a higher level of support at this point. They would like offer different positions that I would push in. So I I remember trying lots of different positions. I was on my hands and knees. I was in child's pose. I was squatting, like Kurt was sitting on the couch and I was like squatting, facing him. I was squatting, holding like a scarf and another person was holding the end of the scarf. And so I would pull, it wasn't it was me. Okay. I had a scarf the whole, whole time. It's like tug um, of war for like an hour and a half. Tug of war, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would really pull and and kind of flex my body. So we did that for a while. And then eventually it got to the point where they suggested moving into the bedroom because it would be more comfortable. And so I ended up getting on my side in the bed and we had made the bed with our good sheets and we put like a plastic uh, cover or plastic sheet over the bed. And then we put like cheap, we just got like really cheap sheets and put it over that. So if we were to give birth in the bed, which we ended up doing, it was easy to just 
clean everything up, pull everything away. And then we were just in our bed. I remember getting a shower curtain. Our midwife had us like, maybe it was in the home birth kit, or I think it was one of the extra things we needed to grab (laughs) to just put on top of the bed and then get the cheap sheets. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we did that. That worked out really well. And so I was on my side in the bed and I had my top leg hiked really far up. And one of the midwives was holding that foot, almost giving like counter pressure to that top foot. And then another one was giving counter pressure to my other foot. Kurt was kneeling on the bed, facing me, holding that scarf. And I was holding the other end of the scarf. And then the other midwife was like ready to catch baby. So like all of us were just in the bed. It was (laughs) probably like the funniest picture. Yeah. (laughs) And so a wave would come and I would push through my legs, almost like a leg press. Yeah. And I would pull the scarf and flex my body. Initially, I, I kept going more into extension I, for some reason. And once my midwife was like, try flexing as you pull, like curling in. And that was a game changer. I had to cognitively do that. My body wasn't doing that naturally, but it definitely got me so much more force or momentum or I don't know, the, the physics worked a lot better. Yeah. I wonder if it was helping your deep transverse muscles to contract and squeeze, add that additional power. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was a full body workout. I would like a contraction would come I'd push through my legs, pull through my arms, crunch my torso. So it was a full body workout. And I remember pushing, pushing so hard And then I would stop to breathe and be like, okay, is she out? Like, is is anything happening? And done yet? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one of, one of the midwives was like, yeah, you're doing awesome stretching. And I'm like, oh, that means no, we're not done. Okay. (laughs) But what a great way to frame it. I know a lot of like nurses or care providers would have been like, nope, not yet. Like not a, not an encouraging thing to hear rather than like, great stretching. I mean, that's not what you wanted to hear. I get that, (laughs) but it 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 was, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I was very in my head. I knew what was happening. And I remember feeling her do like the in and out situation that you had described of like, you feel baby come out and then they kind of come back in and rebounding. Psychologically, that's hard because you just want to be beating your daughter. Yeah. But I remember feeling that and being like, oh, this is hard. But then also in my head, remembering like what you said, I was like, this is so good for her. It's squeezing all the liquid out of her lungs. And from an OT perspective, this is such great deep pressure and it's building her body awareness and helping with her reflexes. Like I, I was like saying that in my head. Trying to talk yourself into like, this is okay. This is, this is as much as it is hard. And then eventually like one of those times her head stayed out and I guess she also had her fist by her head too. So it was even more stretching that needed to happen. And she kind of, the midwives are saying that she kind of punched her way out like superwoman. (laughs) I'm a superhero. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly how she got out. And yeah, when, once her head stayed out, then it was pretty fast. I think only a couple of pushes and she like twisted right out and they put her right on my chest and I thought I would cry. I thought I would be so much more emotional than I was, but I think I was just in complete shock. I just remember being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> 
just like saying that over and over again. And I think I was also exhausted too. We have some pictures that the midwife had taken and I'm just like, you could just tell like, whew, (laughs) I was just tired. But I do remember hugging her and talking to her like, wow, baby, that was so hard. That was so hard. You worked so hard, but we did it. I just remember like saying that to her. And and then I was like, wait, what is it? Because we didn't find out. (laughs) We didn't find out her gender. So I just like picked her up. (laughs) Kurt, do you have reflections on those moments of meeting your daughter or any parts of pushing? It was hard to, it's hard to like go through as a partner, husband, father, because you're just on the sideline for the most part. I mean, I, I was actively supporting her, but there's not a whole lot, at least in my head, that makes a, or seem, would seem to make a difference. It's like, Jamie's going through this intense pain and marathon of a labor. I remember it being hard to watch, especially when she's pushing, like Jamie was turning purple from squeezing and pushing so hard. So I remember that being really hard. I'm not super emotional as just a person, but I remember bawling when I finally met her. Yeah, Uh, it was really sweet. (laughs) I think I can count on one hand the times that I've seen Kurt cry. And (laughs) so it was really sweet to see emotional she did do the breast crawl which was so cool just from again like from professionally like from an OT perspective to watch her use all of her reflexes and just how smart this little being is (laughs) she knew exactly what to do and I was just in awe watching her you know move her way and latch and yeah, it was just, it was so cool to experience that. And after 20 minutes or so, I started feeling pain in my back again. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> what's happening? And so I said that and they were like, oh, your placenta is ready to come out. And so, so I was like, okay, well, let's get it out. Cause I don't want to feel any more back pain. <laughs> and you, I've had my fill. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was yeah. And Kurt got to cut the cord. Yeah, that's cool. Eventually, they waited a while. A half hour before we cut the cord. That was really fun. And was the cord long enough for her to come all the way up to your chest? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then they left us. Like, they dimmed the room and kind of just let us be for a good hour, hour and a half. They cleaned up the entire apartment. They cooked us dinner. Another one of the fairy aspects of birth midwives is they just like whip it all into shape, do the laundry. (laughs) Oh yeah. They started a little laundry. I think our house was cleaner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember that being such a sweet time. We talked about what we wanted to name her and We just had that time for just the three of us in our bed. It was so sweet. One funny moment that happened, Kurt had left the room. This was after that hour or so. He had left the room for a second and it was just me and Brooke and I had lost my voice. I I guess all through labor, I was, I did a lot of moaning and breathing. And I guess after 24 hours of moaning, you lose your voice. And so I literally had no voice left. And I remember lifting up the blanket and she had pooped everywhere, like all over her, all over me. And I was by myself in the room and I it was like, like, I think I couldn't. Oh no. Yeah. Someone help. And Kurt finally came back in and I just like pointed, I was like, help. <laughs> so that was just a funny moment that had happened. <laughs> Eventually the midwives did come back in and do the check on her and took her weight. And 
I needed to get two stitches, I think. And again, they, they just did that right in our bed. And it, again, it was so sweet. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to do stitches after all of that. Like <laughs> I would think I was more nervous about the pain of the stitches than anything else. And but they were so sweet. Kurt took Brooke and sat right by my head. I stayed in bed and we put our worship music back on. I'm the midwives held my hand and walked me through a guided meditation as the other, um, yeah, did the stitches. So they made it okay. (laughs) I'm impressed that you only had to have a couple of stitches given the compound presentation. It sounds like where her (laughs) fist was coming first. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, I don't know. (laughs) But you also were very intentional with your form and pushing, which can make a huge difference in the pelvic floor integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I could feel everything. And so I was only pushing when my body told me to push. And Mm -hmm. so I, I think I was very in tune with what was happening and what my body was doing was helpful to time and pace that whole process. Absolutely. So yeah, the midwives left after a couple hours, made sure nursing was going okay. And then it was just us (laughs) and we were already home in our bed. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, And usually midwives come back pretty soon, like the next day or so. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. They did six postpartum visits. They came back day one, day three, one week, two weeks, four weeks, and six weeks. Um, Which should be our standard of care (laughs) everywhere. And it's not. (laughs) Lovely. And they came to our house for all of those visits. And then they were also available via text. So if we had any questions or we we did a lot of like, is this normal? Is this normal (laughs) kind of questions? And we would just text them and, and ask, and they were great about getting back to us and be like, yep, totally normal or ask more questions and help us troubleshoot. So yeah, the way that that team did the whole process was so awesome. I also liked how they monitored throughout labor. Like they didn't once do a cervical exam. So I never knew how far dilated I was and I didn't want to. I think I would have been really discouraged if like I had gone 12 hours into labor and I was only three centimeters or something. I oh think. yeah. Yeah. That could play mind games with you. Oh yes. So that was great that I didn't, we could just kind of let it unfold naturally. That's great. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's a big difference between birth settings in hospitals. There's a pretty rigorous time frame where they want to do them before your water breaks every two hours after the water releases, let's say um, every four hours, sometimes a little more sparingly, but there's really only so much information we're getting from that. And it's giving excuses actually in that environment to say, oh, we need to add Pitocin or we need to do this intervention or that intervention. And so yay for (laughs) home birth, you weren't on that deadline. You weren't on a clock. They were just giving nature and your body and your baby time Mm. to unfold in its very unique organic way. (laughs) Right. And I think she needed that time too, because she ended up coming out anterior. Mm-hmm. So at some point she must have rotated because I think she was posterior for most of it, mm-hmm. but she worked it out. We worked it out. And yeah, I mean, it was definitely really hard. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like the hardest thing that it's, I guess it's labor. It's called labor for a reason. <laughs> right. I didn't work, mm-hmm. but, and I remember right after being like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. I'm good. <laughs> but now I think looking back, I just feel 
like, I remember how hard it was, but I feel so incredibly proud of myself and of Brooke and of Kurt and just how well we work together as a team of three. And I'm just like, wow, we did it. And so I look back at it like, yeah, we could do that again. I feel so empowered by the whole experience. Home birth was absolutely the best way that we could bring Brooke into this world. And I felt so safe during that whole process. Uh, That brings so much joy to my heart to hear that you had such a great experience. Oh, so wonderful. I'm getting all the chills. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so do you want to share anything about these first few weeks of being a parent, anything on breastfeeding or how your healing has gone or any aspect? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Nothing really prepares you for what these immediate weeks are like. The first week or so, I definitely felt like a truck ran over me. Like my whole body was sore. My biceps were sore. My shoulders were sore. Like every muscle (laughs) in my body was sore. Muscles Um, you didn't even know you had. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I didn't expect the hormone shifts to be so intense. I had moments of where I was just crying and crying. And I feel like some of that may have been an emotional release from labor and birth too, because I didn't cry right after. So I feel like some of it was just a release from that. But yeah, I didn't realize how much your hormones change and how that can really impact your emotions. And one thing you missed out on with the recorded course, I haven't been able to do any recordings. I haven't so far anyway, regarding the pandemic. And in our live classes, our live virtual classes, we've been talking a lot about the grief process of this time in your life, this time of pregnancy. And for some people giving birth during the pandemic it's not what you expected. And to give yourself that space to process some grief along those lines, even if it's in pregnancy or into postpartum. And so I would imagine that at least part of what you have been feeling is a bit of maybe even PTSD. I mean, I've been reading about how many of us are going to be having some degree of PTSD from just this scary (laughs) pandemic and not knowing what's happening and all of the different things that that has meant and the different, very different ways that that has looked. Do you feel like any of that's playing into? Absolutely. I mean, I think that there's, there was a lot of things (laughs) playing into it. I think too, I remember talking to my grandma about this and she was saying how you're so connected to your baby when you're pregnant. And then when they're born, they're here and you meet them, but they're no longer inside of you. They're no longer attached to you. And so mm. it's almost like your body has to, she actually got that advice from her mom or that explanation of your body kind of has to adjust to not having baby attached to you anymore. So I think there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of these different factors that were impacting my emotional state. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And breastfeeding too was a challenge at first. I think hearing different people on your podcast talk about breastfeeding, I feel like it's a challenge for a lot of people. And she latched right away. Initially it it was going great, but I think her latch may have been too shallow. And so I was experiencing a lot of pain a couple days in to the point where I couldn't wear a shirt because like fabric rubbing hurt too much. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one night I was just in, in rough shape. I was wearing those diaper things and just waddling hunched over because I was so sore and I had no shirt on and my hair was a mess. And I just asked her, I was like, will you ever find me attractive again? And of course he was like, of course, of course. Like, I find you Babe, attractive right beautiful. now. That's Baby. the right thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, yeah. And then 
I think once my milk came in, I had a lot of engorgement issues. My flow was really fast. And so she was adjusting to that. And that was really hard. So for a couple of weeks, she was choking and crying and gagging because my flow was so fast. And I think as a mom, like such a primitive need is to feed your baby. And when your baby is struggling with that, it's like torture. (laughs) It was torture to watch her. But we had such great support. I mean, Kurt is incredible. (laughs) He's so incredibly supportive of everything and really of our breastfeeding journey. I remember in those early weeks, I would get her latched and then he would be like, okay, what do you need? And he would put pillows under my arms and make sure that I had water. And sometimes he would just sit with me, like, especially during some of those hard feeds when she was having trouble and he would just sit with me so that I wasn't alone and working through that. And so he's awesome. <laughs> box of snacks. Keep a box of snacks at your coffee table and just hand her stuff. Oh yeah, that was helpful. So <laughs> great. Yay. I, it always just brings so much joy to my heart when I hear when people have really amazing, loving, supportive, eager to help partners. It's awesome. Yay, Kurt. <laughs> he changed a lot of diapers too in those oh, yeah. <laughs> first weeks. Which yeah. <laughs> um, is, yeah, he's great. We did talk to two different lactation consultants two who were friends of friends. They, they were so kind to just kind of generously give their time and talk on the phone and troubleshoot. And they had really great advice of different positions to try. And one piece of advice though, that one of the women gave us was, or gave me was to talk to Brooke during the feeding and to, to say like, I know this is so hard. I'm with you. I'm here with you. And that was like a game changer for me in terms of my mindset because we were doing this together. And I was, even though it was hard, I literally felt like she was being tortured. (laughs) I could reassure her, we, we can do hard things together. And so I felt like that was such a great piece of advice. And by the grace of God, it is getting easier. We have found a pretty good rhythm now. And um, I'm so grateful for working through that and having the support that we did. Thank you for sharing that tip that you got from the consultant because I've, I haven't ever heard anybody share that one on the podcast anyway. And that is beautiful. Yeah. And I love that it helped you so much. So That's much. the most important part of it. <laughs> well, it gave me, me something that I could do because yes. so much of it sense. was, yeah, we tried different positions, but during the feed, I felt so helpless of, I don't know how to control my milk flow. <laughs> and that gave me something to do tangibly that I could work with Brooke through this. Did Um, you find that lying back helped to slow down the flow? Yeah, we did that lying back and having the letdown happen first before she latched, Mm -hmm. making sure she's in alignment. Her head is in alignment over her shoulders, over her pelvis as Mm -hmm. her head turned. So just those kind of tips were huge. And it took a little bit even with those suggestions, but she's getting it. We're getting it. So... (laughs) And we had so much support too, I think, from our community and our families. My mom came and stayed with us for the first week or so, which really, you know, the only people that I felt comfortable having around in the state that I was in, (laughs) as I described earlier, was Kurt and my mom. (laughs) And yeah, she was amazing. She did laundry and grocery shopping and was really just an emotional support. Her presence, I mean, my mom is my best friend. And so her presence and ability to hold space for me and Kurt was so incredibly healing for me. And then Kurt's mom came around two weeks and 
she brought so much food. And so we, we had food for weeks, which was incredible. That's one of the best things. Oh my God. Our church did a meal train too. Yay, so we, awesome. Yeah, we <laughs> it's the little things of daily life that just don't get done or put to the wayside. Yeah. Right? You don't realize it until you're in it, how impossible just cooking a meal or even eating a meal feels. Yeah. 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 So that was so helpful. And, you know, we had family and friends sending diapers and wipes and baby girl outfits because we all had gender neutral stuff. <laughs> so it was fun to get a bunch of new outfits for her. And yeah, I, I think as hard as these first weeks are, we have had so many really sweet moments too. Like the first time I remember, I think it was the second night, the first time that Kurt calmed Brooke from like scream crying all the way to sleeping on his own. We both bawled. <laughs> we were both crying. It was like two in the morning and Kurt was like, I did it. <laughs> it was so awesome. And I was Isn't like, that the so best happy. feeling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're um, like, I just did that. I just called yeah, that baby. Like, there was a very large learning curve of trial and error to figure right? out what worked with her. I can't feed her. So it was like every trick in the book I learned yeah. would work. And yeah, we did have, it. <laughs> have you guys, you did. That's amazing. I love it. Have you found any particular comforting, soothing techniques helpful? Have the five S's been helpful or something else? The five S's, yeah. Those were my repertoire. She loves bouncing on a ball. Like we've kept the yoga balls out and about mm-hmm. in the house and, Great. and bouncing on those. You used your pinky oh, finger yeah, a lot. Pinky um, finger. And had her suck on his pinky yes. finger. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. I have a picture of her late napping and Kurt's napping next to her with his finger in her <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I got out of the shower and that's what I walk into. (laughs) So we've had so many of these really sweet moments too. And the first time we went for a walk and got outside, the first time we saw her smile, like it's been so sweet to have a lot of those moments, the three of us. And I mean, it's definitely an adjustment. I think for me, being a person who thrives on being productive and achieving and working hard nonstop. Sometimes these days will go by and I'm like, what did I even do? What did I accomplish? And, but then I realize every time we meet her needs, like every time we help her come, every time we change her diaper, feed her, sing to her, tell her we love her, we're building this foundation for her. Like we're teaching her that she has a voice, that her needs matter, that she's loved unconditionally and that's a foundation that she's going to have for the rest of her life. So like when I get lost in the day-to-day chaos of new parenting, I just think about that and recognize what a privilege it is to be her parents and to build that foundation for her. How are you so articulate in eight weeks out from giving birth? I wrote out this whole thing, <laughs> being overprepared as I was. But still, still, like <laughs> that's even more impressive that you found the time and energy <laughs> to make the notes first <laughs> and think it through and all of that. <laughs> Most of us are just flying by the seat of our pants eight weeks into parenting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been amazing. helpful to process it for sure. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Is there anything that you haven't gotten to share that you were hoping to share before we start to wrap things up? I mean, I think for me, the main takeaways is you have to feel safe. You have to feel safe in whatever environment you choose to give birth in. For some people, that is a hospital. That is where they feel most safe. And you have to feel safe for the environment and with your providers and just how important that is and to work until you find that. And you always have options for what that looks like. And it's okay to switch at any point (laughs) so that you can have that safety because that was definitely, that was a game changer for us. And I think what made our birth so special and as empowering as it was. Oh, can we tell them who our midwives were? 
You know, we plugged a bunch of people. Oh yeah. Our midwife team, because we love them so much. So if anyone is in the Boston area and wants to do a home birth, they're actually called Birth Matters too. <laughs> really? I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. How fun. There's Jessica, Serafina, Emily, and Maria. Yeah. And Adriana was our student. Yeah, they're great. great. Amazing. I'll be sure to get that information, confirm it with you and put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It has been lovely to finally get to meet you guys since you took my online courses. It's my first time to get to see you face-to-face. It's been so fun. <laughs> so fun. And it has been just such a joy to hear how beautifully everything went. Not that it was easy, as you said, <laughs> <laughs> but how empowering and how safe you felt and just what a beautiful transition into parenthood and how much you love each other, love your baby, support each other. It's just making my, I was going to say making my day, but maybe making more than that because <laughs> no. I just think it's an inspiration to so many people. So thank you so much for taking the time and finding that energy right now oh, to absolutely. share today. Absolutely. It's an honor to share. So that wraps up our story for today. A few things I wanted to comment on that I loved about what Jamie and Kurt shared. I love that Jamie kept a pregnancy journal of prayers and memorable moments for their daughter. Maybe this can help you think through intentional, mindful ways you can bond with your baby during pregnancy. I love how her spiritual mentor encouraged her to prepare for birth not out of anxiety or a need to control, but out of joy and curiosity, and how that helped her shift what she beautifully called her heart posture. I also really loved how the lactation consultant encouraged her to talk to her baby during feedings when it was tough. Your baby knows and loves your voice, and it can not only help them, but help you in moments when you feel the emotional weight of the early breastfeeding, body feeding challenges most of us experience. Before we go, I wanted to share that we're offering a $30 discount for podcast listeners on the Birth Matters Complete Online Course. Just visit birthmattersonline.com and use code POD30OFF. Okay, here's a sneak peek of what's up next week. As a pelvic floor PT, I was like, I'm going to want to be doing squats and walking around and getting in the bathtub and hands and knees. And I was so tired by this point because I had slept for maybe three hours interrupted by contractions after my marathon of walking just a few hours before. I was so tired. Every time she changed positions, I was like, no, leave me alone. I'm just laying here. (laughs) That's it. A question and an affirmation for you to ponder this week. In what birthing environment and with whom will you feel safe and peaceful? And a revised affirmation from the journal Jamie kept, revised to apply to anyone listening. Beautiful one, you can do hard things. Thanks so, so much for tuning into the Birth Matters podcast. Have a wonderful week and be well.